You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing a new way to think about post and cores for the modern dental practice. Our guest, Dr. Chad Duplantis, has been in private practice since 2000 in the North Fort Worth, Texas area, treating all ages with an emphasis on restorative and aesthetic dentistry. Dr. Duplantis, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and for those of you listeners who have not listened to Dr. Duplantis's previous podcast, um, and he will be doing more going forward, but he has already completed one on resin-modified glass onomers. He talks about that in one of his episodes, so feel free to tap into that one. Um, as I mentioned in my introduction, we're going to be talking about post and cores today. So let's begin with uh, Dr. Duplantis. Do you place a lot of posts in your practice? It's a really easy question to answer. And the answer is no. I, I try to avoid posts at all costs. I've never really been a fan, but you know, sometimes you have to. So I actually, way back in my days when I was an endodontist, developed a post. It was a, it was a um, titanium alloy post and it eventually was sold to Premier Dental called the Integra Post. But um, the research that we did showed that the post really doesn't want, it does, obviously does not strengthen the tooth by any means. But it is retentive in the fact that it ties in the forces that are placed on the, the, the normal forces of mastication. It kind of carries those forces down into the root system and it takes them away from the feral area where you want to protect your margin. So from that aspect, posts can be somewhat retentive and also distribute the forces well. So it, it protects the, uh, the margins of the crown. Um, but in your case, you know, it depends on how, you know, what kind of preps you have and what kind of adhesive systems you have. Of course, back then we didn't have the adhesive systems we have today. But let me ask you this. Are there certain clinical applications where you would place a post? And tell us about the attributes of a system that you would use in those, in those clinical cases. You know, it's just like anything else in dentistry. There's, there's certain things that we love doing and there's certain things that we, we don't really like doing. There's certain things that we try and do all the time and there's certain things that we avoid at all costs. And I think, you know, posts fall into the category of things that I, that I try and avoid because I've just never really had great success with posts in dentistry. One of the common misperceptions of a post is that, you know, a lot of dentists think that the post is there to retain the crown, and it's really not. The post is there to retain the buildup. And, you know, another problem that I've had with posts is that, you know, I've had posts come debonded, and, you know, the the post comes out with with the restoration. However, you know, I'm going to use an example. Yesterday, I had a gentleman that's just been having kind of a time with some dental work that he had done elsewhere and he's been coming to our practice and he fractured tooth number seven off at the gingival level and in this particular case he's got sound tooth structure above the bone and I really would hate to send him over for an implant um, just with the particular tooth that it is and and that really being the only implant that he would need so I feel that in that particular instance, as well as others, that a post is going to be indicated. You know, you got to look at the bone level. You got to look at the amount of tooth structure above the bone level. And you've got to take into consideration that even in some instances that, 
you may think that the implant's a better restoration, you've got to give the patient choices. If they want to choose to save their tooth, then a post is unavoidable in those circumstances. Mm -hmm. No, and that makes total sense. And when you're talking about the relationship of the tooth structure above the the attachment apparatus, you're saying that without having good uh, tooth structure to prepare your final rest, your final margin on, if you don't have that, then you need to either do a crown lengthening or not do a post at all. Is that what you meant? Exactly. So that you can maintain one of my favorite words in dentistry, the feral effect and biological width. Right. Right. With, you know, and in this case that I'm speaking of yesterday, we're going to be able to maintain both of those and a post is going to serve adequately or a post like product is going to serve adequately in a, in a patient such as that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. The post is there to retain the core, but in addition to that, it ties the core into the root system so that when you have those forces generated through the crown, they're carried into the core and then carried down into the root system, which is exactly what happens in, in the natural dentition. You don't want all the forces up high in the coronal Absolutely. Area. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, that's interesting that you mentioned that. So you had a case yesterday that you needed a post. What post did you use? I mean, what's what's your typical post that you put in there? You know, we've got fiber posts, metal posts, and I've I've tried them all with limited success. The it, back when I was in dental school, they had those posts that actually screw into the root, and I don't think there's there's anything in physics that tells me that that's going to provide a lasting right. restoration. Right. Although flexi, they've been used flexi for flexi years. Post. What was it? Was it the parapost years ago? That yeah, the parapost was the standard passive. Yeah, and, and flexi post was the screw in along. Yeah, yeah, the screw ins were to me like. Yeah, that they as an endodontist, I just abhorred them, but people use them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they do, and they've, and you know, we'll still see some to these days that that patients have lasted twenty, twenty five years with them or longer. Right. But uh, as far as to what post I'm using in my practice, I've really found great success in the Rebuild a Post GT. Uh, you know, from from Voco. It's a really interesting post design that really kind of piqued my interest when I saw it and it just made sense. So how does that differ from a typical post? So what it is, is it's actually a bundle of fibers. It's kind of comparable to the little uh, light sticks that you buy at a fair or something with, uh, with all the fibers on it and they're bundled together and they're in various sizes. And I, believe, don't quote me on this, but the smallest size is like 0.8 millimeters and the largest is probably 1.4, 1.5 millimeters. And there's several sizes in between. And you you can really be conservative with your preparation, which has always been a concern for me when prepping for a post space, especially, you know, let's say you have a ribbon shaped canal and it thins out and you go in there and you bore that canal out and you may not know until several months later that you've either gone straight through the side of the canal or or you've created a, a fracture when prepping that canal. So in this, you can be very conservative in your preparation and you just find the size of fibers that, that fit into that canal to the desired length that you so desire. And then you use a patented buildup material, you know, patented bonding agent, a patented buildup material around it. And we use a Mortensen plugger to kind of splay those fibers out at the occlusal surface. And then we retrofill the remaining with uh, the buildup material. And so when you actually prep it, you might look down on the top of it and you'll see the fibers dispersed throughout. And it's a really 
innovative, it's radiopaque, which is exactly what we're looking for. And it's the way that it adheres and retains that buildup is, is very nice. So after the root canal is finished, do you do a typical preparation of the post space like you would any other post to drop in this Rebuilda post GT? After the canal space is finished, uh, I don't do a ton of root canals, but I usually have the uh, endodontist leave about five to six millimeters of gutta percha, um, you know, obviously dependent upon the root length, but leave enough gutta percha at, at the apex. And I measure that and I'll usually just run a couple gates glidens down there mm-hmm. uh, down to the depth that we've so predetermined and you really don't have to bore it out that much and you know as long as you have something that's the same width or greater you know so 0.8 millimeters or maybe a millimeter then the uh the bundle of fibers you know gates glidens are perfect for that um You've, you've created your post space, quote unquote, and it's really, it's kind of a misnomer calling this a post because it's really not a post. In my opinion, it's truly what I've mentioned earlier is the intention of a post. It's a buildup retention mechanism that's designed to engage and follow the anatomy of the canal. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense, the whole concept. It's almost like reinforcement material where it carries the the composite down the canal space and up into the core, and it ties it together with these fibers. In construction terms, it's build up scaffolding. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like a matrix, it's really just kind of a framework or a matrix, exactly. Right, right. And that kind of is in an al- alignment with uh, the old posts that came out originally by Bisco way back. You know, those fiber posts. They were yes, but but they were solid. You couldn't bend them. They were like kind of like steel. I mean, they were so hard. Right. Uh, but they were just lots of fibers glued together, right? Right. And in this case, the fibers are, you could bend them on this on this particular post that you're talking about. And which actually, to me, sounds like an advantage as far as bending them occlusally so that they're in alignment with the core material. So they're not coming out the side where you have to cut it away. Exactly. Exactly. And it kind of, uh, it kind of creates a divergence. At, well, it doesn't kind of, it actually does once it ex- exits the canal orifice. If you use a Mortensen plugger or any kind of plugger to kind of splay those posts, it creates a divergence to actually retain that buildup material and hold it in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. And then you can just prep around and it cuts like uh, whatever buildup material you have. Um, yes. And how long has that product been around? You know, it has been around a few years, um, at least two to three years. Yeah. So, and I think what, what really turned me on to it is, uh, Dental advisor did a great evaluation of it, and it was received very favorably. And, um, you know, when I started reading the consultant's comments, I was really impressed with what they had to say. And I, you know, I hold a lot of weight in what dental advisor says. So um, I just it just kind of piqued my interest. And and we've been using it ever since with great success. Yeah, I I think that the challenge for for some dentists to get over the fact that it's not a solid, you know, mass of material, like a cylinder, this thing is, is flexible, but for what it's doing on the scientific level, it's, it's very effective in maintaining the strength of the core and tying it into the, the canal space. So exactly. Um, yeah. And it's just not traditional thinking when we, when we all went to dental school and used the power post. Right. And it's got, you know, you talk about a while back, we talked about a, a 
flex flexi post or whatnot. These posts have a really high flexural strength, but the nice thing is you don't have to worry about this post fracturing the root down at that gutta percha junction, if you want to call it. Um, everything that I've seen and, and physics dictate that this is going to have a minimal negative effect on the root in terms of fracture. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't see how it's it can, almost impossible. Right. I don't see how it can fracture the root. And, and that's a good point because posts, especially posts that are um, too wide for the anatomy of the canal where the post space is made too wide. That's, that's a recipe for disaster for root fractures over time. How's the handling of it as far as using it in the office clinically? Is it easy to work with? You know, one of the things that I really like is um, Voco has products that remind me of when I was in dental school, I loved copper bands and, you know, they were, they were, I, and I only liked them in these instances when I was trying to condense a buildup and, and maintain the form of a buildup. Well, that's one of the things that come with it. It's not a copper band, but it's a very similar concept. It's made out of plastic. And it's it's flexible and it slides right over the tooth surface. They come in varying sizes. So that is key for being able to contain or retain that buildup material as you're placing it around the post. And one of the things that I've found uh, just invaluable when when placing these posts is is to utilize a uh, a Mortensen plugger. Mm-hmm. And that really seems to help to kind of kind of splay those uh, fibers out a little bit, especially at the incisal edge. Um, and the buildup material is dual cure. It's been a great material, and it bonds really well. The core material is flowable enough that you utilize it in the canal to retain the fibers in the canal as a cement. Okay. Uh, it comes with a really nice uh, delivery micro brush that's kind of uh, the same shape as the Mortensen plugger so that you can deliver that dual cure adhesive material into the canal. And then, um, and then you, you utilize the, uh, the plastic matrix to, to wrap around the tooth. The kit that it, that's provided with it is really foolproof and the directions are real nice that come with it as well. Nice. Yeah. It sounds like your ultimate goal is to get a nice monoblock in there. Um, yes. And without any voids. And without yes. the, and without the risk of a root fracture, which is a major thing. That's a big thing. Yes. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. I've never used it, but um, I, you know, I, I know we talked offline, and I asked you personally what product do you use, and you you mentioned it, so I wanted to cover it in this podcast. Um, so anything else you want to talk to us about post and cores? I know you know you're actually the real uh, person to talk to about post products because you don't really use them that often. So, and then I say that it sounds counterintuitive, but the, the guy that doesn't use it that much that when he does have to use it, he's going to be very particular on what post he uses. So, yeah, you know, from that standpoint, it's nice to hear your perspective. Yeah. It's one of those deals where it's, uh, you know, it's, it used to be something that I would truly avoid at all costs, but now the, the fear is not there when I see a patient that could benefit from a post because I know that I'm using something that will benefit the patient and have long-term benefit to the remaining tooth structure. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Duplantis. You've, you've, that's two down. You've done two really good podcasts, one on resin-modified glass onomers. The other one, we just discussed posts, and you talked about one of the posts that you like to use in your practice, and we have a couple coming up, so I'm looking forward to those. Thanks again for being on the show. You bet. You bet. <laughs>